This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of It's Not All Rainbows. I'm your host, Lindsay Goodman. I'm a certified trauma recovery coach, and I'm also a survivor of abuse in a queer relationship. I'm here to help you figure out what's really going on in your relationship to help get you out and on the road to recovery. Today, I'm going to talk to you about when you're trying to leave your abuser and all of a sudden they want to help you out. They want to be kind to you. They want to give you a hand moving out. They want to do this. They want to do that. And I have talked a lot about Hoovering. I have several episodes specifically about Hoovering, but let's talk about obviously why they want to be helping you out all of a sudden and why that that's a horrible idea. Again, I recently did an episode about how abusive people will try to keep you hooked. They'll come up with different things to make sure they still have access to you um, and so on. And this is just something that we really want to avoid. We want to think ahead and we want to make sure that we're thinking critically when they're offering these things to us to help us. I know at the time it's not easy to do because you're in cognitive dissonance. You're trying to get out away from this person who's keeping you in cognitive dissonance. You're trying to break a trauma bond. You're going through all this stuff. It's chaotic. So critically thinking really isn't a thing, but I'm trying to help you out here. Okay. Before we dive in, let's do struggles and successes. Um, a struggle today is that, oh no, my phone just died. My phone is being weird. This is such a first world problem, but my phone is always full. I definitely wasn't going to say this one today, but like I said, my phone just died. My phone is like, I just, I probably need to get a new phone. It's always full. I'll delete like 5,000 pictures and videos and it'll still say it's full. So it's like always glitching. Um, it's another thing that's like really holding me back from being able, being able to create content and stuff like that. Cause every time that I feel driven and I'm like, let's do this. My phone's like, <laughs> very funny. You have 8 million gigabytes of stuff on your phone. I'm like, I really don't. So anyway, that's going to be my struggle for today. Like I said, I wasn't planning on saying that, but as I looked down, my phone was like, bye. Um, yeah, it's a mess. Um, a success is that I am completing my first month back at work after my trip. And I like, I know that I've talked about this a lot, like leading up to it. And when I first came back, I'm like, this is a struggle I'm working, but I really do. Like I work to the absolute maximum that I can possibly work. And it's like back to back to back. And like, it's chaos, the hours I work and trying to make everything work with babysitters and things like that. And this is my last, this is my last day. Um, I still work next week, but it's only like, it's not as much. Um, and so things are going to calm down after this. So I made it, I'm going to be financially caught back up. Like I did it for a reason, like designing that way for a reason. I'll do the same thing next year before and after our trip when I just go crazy. Cause, um, I like to be able to like be okay to travel and, and do the things that I do. But it does obviously mean that, you know, I'm not wealthy. Um, I don't make money off of my social media. So I actually have to like physically go to work, pay for it and stuff like that. Um, and I made it to the end, like, the first week, the second week, I was like, this is never going to end. Like, this is my life now. Um, and so, yeah, things should start calming down after that. So that's my success. I did it. Okay. So when I was leaving my abuser, um, I had to go to Indiana to be with my family for a while. I bought a one-way ticket there. I have talked about this before. Um, and 
it was because my abuser was showing up at the house where I was staying, you know, had come in and tried to essentially kidnap my child. I haven't really used that word for him. Like, oh, they came in and they were like trying to get him to go get a dump. They were trying to kidnap my child and or, you know, have him go back to the house so that I would go back to the house. Like using this little baby's love of donuts to lure him over there and have us back into their lives. You know, they were threatening me, trying to get the dog back, doing all this stuff coming over saying they were going to bring me a donut, just every kind of hoovering attempt you can think of throwing it at me. And I was like, you know what? We're not safe here. I called my mom. She's like, you're not safe there. You need to come home. And what happened was when I bought the ticket, there was about, there was about a week of time before I left where I was allowing them to come over to the house at night after my son was in bed, after they tried to steal him, I was like, you're not seeing him again. And you know, he, he does not need to be around you right now. Like, this is just not going to be good. So I would allow them to come over after bed. We would like watch a movie together. And then when it was time for me to go to bed, we would always get into an argument because I would be like, okay, bye. And they'd be like, you're still trying to get away. You're still trying to break up with me. Like, you know, like they were trying to come over and act like everything was fine. And in my mind, I was like, I'm just trying to keep you happy. So you don't get physically violent. Like you sometimes do. And I'm trying to get out of here as soon as possible. But anyway, I'm kind of doing like little side shoots here, but, um, they knew that I booked the ticket. Um, they didn't know when I was going to come back. But they offered to drive me to the airport. Now think about it. We were leaving at like 2 a.m. There weren't a lot of other people who could get us to the airport. There was no shuttle to the airport at that time because we lived like two hours from Seattle. So you, you take a shuttle or you have to drive yourself. Um, my son's dad was in Las Vegas at the time for several months doing a training. So he wasn't around. Obviously, we might not have had to flee, quote unquote, had he been around because he would have been there to like keep this person away from our son. Um, it's not his fault. Uh, that kind of came out like, it's like, he wasn't there. Uh, it's not his fault. Um, it's the abuser's fault always. Um, but they offered to take us to the airport. Now it would have been easy to just be like, okay, yes. But what happens if they take you to the airport? They wanted to take my car, which means when they come back, they had my car and they had my keys. They would have had my car and my keys. And that means that they would have used my car the entire time I was gone rather than using their car, put miles on my car, you know, wear and tear on it. Um, so that they didn't have to use their car because I've talked about this before, but abusive people can be incredibly entitled. They want to use your money, not theirs, your car, not theirs, your clothes, not theirs, whatever. Um, and they would have had, you know, the key to my son's dad, dad's house, who knows what they could have done by just like going in there and things like that. Um, and I think they already did have a key. I think I'm pretty sure because one day I came home and there was a key outside my house. Like I know it was them that left the key cause there was no one else that had it, but, um, you don't want to do that. You do not want that person to still have like, yes, we still had an apartment together, a house together. We were on the lease together. They had my dogs. They had all my stuff, all my son's stuff. So there was still technically a tie, but I also like severed it. I'm not going to get into that because I don't have a lot of time tonight, but I also like totally was like, whatever dude, like deal with it. But had they had my car and my keys, I would have had to get that back from them. Right. Like with the lease. Okay. I will say it. I waited for them to leave before I came back so that I could clear up the lease with the landlord and get my stuff out with the dogs. Someone went to my house and got the dogs when they weren't home with the permission of the police. They're like, you're on the lease. You can, you're, you can tell someone to enter the house. The dogs are yours. There's nothing they can do. If they retaliate, they're getting arrested, you know, all of that stuff. Um, so those things were like sorted out, but how would have I gotten my car and my keys back? I would have had to see them. Think about it. I would have had to see them or, you know, you need to drop my car off or someone else is going to come and get my car. But either way, someone has to talk to them somehow. 
and like when I was getting the dogs back and when I was getting the, the, you know, going back to the house and stuff, yes, I had to talk to the landlord to say like, yeah, I'm coming, I'm back at this time. I'm getting out at this time or whatever. They didn't have to talk to anyone about the dogs. There was no reason for me to have any com- communication through a third party or otherwise with them about the house and the dogs that was sorted out through other people helping me out but with the car. Like I said, my son's dad would have had to reach out or I would have had to like, it's just another way for them to one, again, be entitled and use your stuff. And two, so that they, they know you're going to come back and you're going to need it eventually. Right. Um, and, and, and I'm just going to say it, if they have your car, they're going to take that new supply on dates in your car and they do not care. Right. They're moving that person into your house. They're using your car. They're doing all that stuff because they do not care anyway. Um, this is not something that I experienced, but what can quite often happen is that they, if you're moving out, they'll be like, well, let me help you move. I have a truck. Let me help you out. Let me this, let me that. Or I know you're having trouble with your bills or you're going to have to pay like first and last month rent. You're going to be struggling for a while. So let me pay for your phone bill. Let me pay for your car insurance. They're offering to do all this extra stuff for you, right? Like, let me just help you out. Let me just make this easier for you. And I know some of y'all are like, look, financially, like I don't really have a choice. I really need this right now. They're not doing it to be kind. They're not doing it to help you out. They're doing it to continue to have a connection to you. They're doing it because you're still going to have to contact them for something probably, or, um, you know, like you're going to need that information to transfer the phone number over the, you know, the phone line over eventually, or now you owe them because they helped you move or now you owe them because, you know, they've been paying for your phone bill. Like it's not a kind gesture. It always has a reason behind it. They're never doing it out of the kindness of their heart. They're never doing it to make your life easier. They're doing it. So again, that you owe them or like, oh my God, you're just using me this whole time. Even though they're the ones who offered to do it, there's always going to be some kind of ulterior motive behind it. And again, when it comes to this kind of stuff, we want to make sure that we sever all the ties as quickly as possible. And yes, there are some more complicated things. Like a lot of people talk about like having, you know, you have your kids with them and things like that. Um, but that's pretty much the gist of it. That's really what I wanted to say about this is that, oh, you're leaving. Okay. Let me help you. Let me drive you to the airport. Let me pack your stuff. Let me walk you out. Let me this, let me that. Um, they're just trying to still have access to you. They're just trying to still have, you know, okay, well she's gone now. She's going to have to come home at some point. She's going to have to get this. She's going to have to get that. She's going to have to get her box of clothes that she left here that she doesn't care about, but I'm going to hassle her to come get it anyway. Um, like I said, and again, it's a couple episodes ago, they are heavily relying on still having some kind of thing to have you connected to them. And you just got to stay on your toes and expect that they might do something like this and catch it, see it for what it is and say, absolutely not. I will find another ride to the airport, which I did. I found another ride to the airport. That person had my keys, took care of, you know, had my, I don't know, I think had my keys in their possession. That person turned out to be an abuse enabler. Um, and wanted to stay friends with my abuser, even though they witnessed all kinds of things, you know, witnessed it happening to the new supply, you know, whatever. Um, unfortunately there are a lot of people in our society who are, you know, they pretend to be understanding and they pretend to act like they care about, they pretend to act like they act like they care about, you know, like, Oh my gosh, that's so wrong, blah, blah, blah. But when it comes down to it, um, they don't want to stir the pot. And so they stay friends with abusive people and, uh, yeah, we don't want to be around those people. So that was a little segment there. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, that's all. A little bit of a shorter episode for this week, um, but I definitely wanted to share that. And um, yeah, if you like this podcast, please rate, review, subscribe. I read all the reviews um, on Apple Podcasts. It's the only one that I can like really read the reviews on. I read all of them and I'm incredibly thankful for them. So thank you for that. Um, if you have left me a review, I really appreciate that. Um, and if you want to work with me one-on-one, go to uh, calendly.com slash the Lindsay Goodman. You can check out what kind of packages I have to offer. Um, and uh, you can see my availability and you can book a time with me and we will get to working on whatever it is you need to work on. That is what I'm here for. So um, other than that, that's all. Thank you so much for listening. Take care of yourselves. Go drink some water.